Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Good afternoon once again. This is Flint McLaughlin, and we're beginning yet another of the Marketing Experiments Web Clinics. The title is Optimizing Landing Pages, the Four Key Tactics That Drove a 189% Lift. Now, when you give a title like that, it's easy for the amount of the lift to sound just a bit sensational. But this was a significant lift achieved uh, in a single factorial, carefully validated testing series. And what makes it unique is that at the heart of it was a remarkable new way to look at the page. And from that remarkable new way to look, we discerned key principles that have been consistently connected to our other successes for the last several years in the laboratory. I know that we're going to be doing live optimization today, and I'm excited about looking at the new pages live. Many of you are going to be submitting your pages via Twitter straight to us, and we're going to be looking at those pages uh, without any preparation. And put yourself, if you would, for just a moment in the position of one of our key analysts. I'm joined today by several of the analysts working in our laboratory, and in just a few minutes, we're going to actually have to look at pages that you submit without any preparation whatsoever and make hopefully helpful, intelligent recommendations to achieve significant results. Now, if you've been a regular reader, subscriber, you know that we do this frequently. And you've probably seen the case studies from many, many people who've submitted to us the transformation in their marketing success from these simple live optimization sessions. I've seen lists as high as 300% from a few minutes of comments given by the analysts as they look at a page. That was the New England Journal, by the way, which saw a significant increase. And uh, I could go down the list. However... You might wonder at the root of all this, how is it that these analysts can look at a page in in a few moments and immediately see what's wrong, make simple suggestions, and then see dramatic results? Don't they need to go back to the laboratory and run the conversion heuristic and tear the page down in a series of incremental tests and isolate the variables before they can talk with genuine authority? The answer is no. All of those things help. But the analysts are looking at the page through a trained set of eyes that see something many people miss as marketers when they're looking at their own pages. Now, that's critical, and I pointed out because not only are we going to be optimizing your landing pages live, but we're going to be talking about a core finding from our research that enables us to immediately spot the primary reason that a page is underperforming. And it may be that you've attended many of our web clinics in the past and picked up critical principles that you can go back and apply. But today's session is different. It's about something more fundamental than a principle. It's about something more fundamental than the way you write your headline or the way you structure the IPATH on the page. All of those pieces are vital. But those are tangential to the key. And the key is to understand how the visitor to your web page or your offer is perceiving value. 
So as we go forward today, be prepared to submit your pages, and you can tweet them to us via the link that you see now. And I'm in a studio here at uh, Marketing Experiments with a number of our analysts. There are several here, and our Director of Training, Dr. Chuck Coker, is here. But two of our key analysts are going to be helping me, Adam Lapp and Nathan Thompson. And we're going to dig right down into a case study immediately. As we do so, we want to do more than entertain you with a story or inform you with data or numbers or charts. We want to understand this core difference, this new way to look. Because I promise you that when we start looking at your landing pages and we make comments that almost seem off the cuff, those comments are coming from this different perspective that we've developed through acquiring and developing the world's largest library of case studies and experiments in optimization. With that in mind, let's go straight to the study. The one that you see now is uh, test protocol number 1341 from our library. It's relatively recent. The background is simple. A company was offering dedicated business hosting services. They wanted to increase the number of leads. If you try to generate leads, either B2B or B2C, then you'll find this study interesting. However, even if you're in e-commerce, the principles and the critical piece we're going to learn will apply precisely to your pages and will be just as relevant to you as uh, someone in B2B. So, let's look at the page itself, and uh, I want you to just study it for a moment. Now, there may be some difficulties that you uh, see right away, and what I'd like to do is ask uh, our analyst to help us just a moment. So, Nathan, talk to us just a bit and tell us what you've discovered from working on this project and what are some of the critical flaws that this page had. Sure. Uh, just looking at the page right off the cuff, uh, what you'll notice is we're looking at uh, what appears to be a dated design. Uh, it doesn't really give the impression of a high-quality technology company. Um, if you'll notice, the image across the top, the banner, is extremely flat. Uh, it doesn't really support any core value proposition. Uh, you'll also notice there's not a headline that jumps off the page to really capture your interest and draw you into the page. Uh, really, what jumps off the page is the form fields. Um, when you're trying to generate leads, uh, that's one of the last things you want to do is shove a bunch of form fields down the user's throat. So, as you can see, the first thing we, uh, we wanted to do was identify these issues uh, with the fields uh, and, and really try to update the design. All right, so if you're looking at the design and you've been on many of these clinics before, you'll immediately notice uh, the number of fields is a problem. But there's something more important for you to catch than simply uh, the point that there are uh, or is potentially friction. In fact, if you're familiar with the conversion heuristic, 4M plus 3 lead plus 2I minus F minus 2A, and if you've been on our calls, I'm sure you are, uh, it helps to ferret out problems with the page. But there's something, again, deeper. This heuristic represents both positive and negative aspects of someone's perception of value. Our analysts looked at this page, they redesigned it, and uh, made some critical changes. And, you know, you may notice that they've reduced the form fields required on the first step. But that's not all. They removed the banner images that interfered with the iPath. They strengthened the visibility of the core messaging in the headline. 
They included expandable value copy, six points. They added testimonials in just the right place in the sequence of thoughts. And uh, they changed the look and feel of the page slightly. Now, you might look at this page and look at the previous page and say, well, this looks uh, slightly different or a little bit better. But what's remarkable is that with these changes, there's a completely different perception of the value as it weighs against the cost. So on your left side of the screen, you can see the original page. On your right side of the screen, you can see the corrected version. Now let's just let the data tell us what happened. The original page had a conversion rate of 2%, which is actually quite high. But the treatment produced a conversion rate of 5.77%. That's a relative difference of 188.46%. And, uh, and uh, that was established through six different validity tests, four that were critical, one of those having to do with sample size and, of course, the uh, uh, confidence interval that you see on your right. Now, you've got to ask yourself, why was this page so successful? I mean, it, it increased conversion by 189%. But this was not achieved simply by marketer's intuition, by applying a few rules that you might have heard on a clinic or at a what, but conference or uh, a list of uh, common best practices that were flung against the page. There was a methodology at work here. There was a framework, and that framework was being worked out into the sequence, the conversion heuristic that you saw at the top of the page. Something deeper was happening, something more fundamental than simply applying the heuristic. At the core of that heuristic was a different way to see. And I want to help you by basically communicating two critical principles today. If we can start to teach you these principles, you'll look at the pages that we're going to optimize in a few minutes together and you'll immediately start to see where the money is leaking. So, here is one of the first of the critical principles. We do not merely optimize words or images on a page, but rather we optimize sequences of thought. So, we must somehow engage in a conversation that's taking place in the visitor's mind and then uh, guide that conversation towards an exchange of value. Now, this means, this has a critical implication, this means that the value of every action you desire to lead your visitor to make must outweigh the cost in the perception. Now, it's vital that you recognize the key word in this sentence, and it is the word perception. This is not necessarily a rational formula. This is not necessarily about mathematics. This is about what they perceive. And what they perceive may be that something is more costly than it truly is. Or more valuable than it truly is. So in effect, there's a bit of a fulcrum taking place. And on the one side of the fulcrum is the value. And on the right side is the cost. And if you were in the advanced certification programs that we're going to be releasing in the, the next calendar year, we would teach you what each of these circles represents and how essentially to increase the value and reduce the cost side. But we can't do that all in a few minutes prior to live optimization on a web clinic. What we can do is take two of these, teach them to you uh, as clearly as possible, and then help you start to look at pages in a new way. That's the goal of the whole time that we have together. It might be that your pages will be treated here and we'll be working on them, but even if it's not your page that we optimize, 
Start to look at the pages like we're seeing them. I'm going to ask you for feedback. As you give us your feedback, instead of just calling out one of the rules you might have learned on our clinics, go deeper and look at the value versus the cost in the nature of the offer and tap into the cognitive psychology of what's taking place. So, let's begin with the first part, and that is to reduce the perceived cost. Now, I've got to teach this rapidly. If you're sophisticated, the examples I'm going to give you might seem simple. But the reason is that I have to do live optimization, and you'll see lots more sophisticated application during the live optimization process. Right now, I just want to make the point incredibly clear for you. So, we have to reduce perceived cost. And one of those elements that we've taught in the past that impacts perceived cost is friction. And there are two ways you can reduce friction. Friction is the kind of psychological resistance that takes place naturally when someone perceives difficulty or a challenge or something that annoys them in your process. You've got to eliminate unnecessary length or difficulty. Now, when I say length, many of you have heard this. In the old days when we taught this, no one knew it. Now it's become uh, SOP, we say, Standard Operating Procedure, Reduce the Friction. But we're used to looking at length, and we're not very good at spotting difficulty. And when we switch to the live optimization examples, you're going to see many cases where it doesn't even look like there's friction. But our analysts will spot friction that you may miss because they're looking for difficulty factors not just length factors. So, in this page, the original form contained 20 different form questions and they required responses. And some of these fields are not necessary yet. And yet is the key word. For those of you that have uh, political issues in your marketing department and the sales group says we have to know all of this information, you may not be able to resist that claim, but you can stage that claim and get that information later in the process after you've captured preliminary lead information. So, the optimized page reduced the form fields to four. It reduced unnecessary length and difficulty in the process. Here's another example. This is an eight-step order path. When those eight steps reduced to four, conversion went up nearly 70%. This is an example, again, of length. But I'm going to show you next an example of difficulty. And difficulty might surprise you. If you look at the first page and you look at the second page, it may be difficult to spot where the friction is. There are no form fields. And because there are no form fields, you might say, yes, but I don't, I don't, I don't see friction here. And that is because you're probably looking for length examples instead of difficulty examples. The problem with this page is that it is difficult to process. You are leaving the visitor to make their own meaning out of the page. And they're having to make their own meaning because they don't understand the right points in the right order. So, if you're online right now, show me, tell me where the friction is on the not this example. Go ahead and use your Q&A feature and just quickly tell us where is the friction on this page? Where's the difficulty? I'm listening now as, uh, yes, yes. And some of our long-time students are, are pointing it out strongly. Okay? You, you just keep them coming in because I'm looking for something that someone might miss. 
But many of you are identifying the critical piece. There are three buttons. These represent three evenly weighted options. The forward momentum in the thought sequence has now stalled and you leave it up to the visitor to make sense of three options and you don't tilt the momentum in the favor of any one of the three options so they stop, they stall, and they think. And you're one click away from losing them completely. That is far too much unsupervised thinking. And what we do is help them. And we help them by reducing the number of options. So, in this case, moving from three buttons to one button is an example of reducing friction. And believe it or not, that reduces perceived cost. When I say reduce perceived cost, many of you think, well, you must be talking about price, but we're not. The cost is the totality of every negative factor necessary to achieving or buying what I want. And in many cases, price is not the most negative factor. It's surrendering personal information. It's going through a long checkout process. It's the time. It's the trouble. It's having to re-enter my credit card twice. It, I could go down the list of things. But you must learn to think of cost in a different way if you're going to make great progress in the optimization efforts on your pages. So, what you want to do is reduce the cost. What you see on this fulcrum... Now, look closely at it. It's so simple that you may miss its profundity. And the reason I want to claim that it's profound is because as we start to optimize the pages you submit to us on Twitter, you're going to see that many of them look just like this if we were to hold them up against this psychological metric. The perceived cost outweighs the perceived value. And that's why the conversion rate is low. You might say, well, if, if the perceived cost outweighs the perceived value, then why is anybody purchasing? And the answer is, for those of you that are advanced, if you remember the conversion heuristic, 4M, M stands for motivation. It's the highest impact variable on the sell process. The reality is some people are motivated enough that they'll put up with a lot of cost to get what they want. The problem is you cannot optimize for your highest motivated segment of your audience. You have to get those with reduced motivation, with diminishing motivation, and get them to say yes, or your conversion rate is going to be very, very low. So, as I shift to the second piece, please look at this and bear in mind this critical piece. Many of the pages that we look at right now are going to look just like this if we were to put the metric against them. And I want you to spot it when the time comes. For now, let me move to a second step for reducing friction. First, we said you must eliminate any unnecessary length or difficulty in the process. Now, we must say answer two crucial questions within the first moments of any transition. Where am I and what can I do here? Now, there's a third question and we've taught it in the past, but that's about value. If you don't answer these two questions, you lose them. And you lose them for good reason. And I'll show you my, why in just a moment, but let's move to uh, an example. The original page greeted visitors with an image that doesn't clearly say much about where they are or where they have landed. Remember, when someone first comes to the page, there's a moment of disorientation. I'll show it to you in just a moment. And the optimized page uses a strong headline that clearly communicates where the visitor has landed. What you're really working with is this. 
Too much of our optimization takes place too late in the bicycle. We worry about our call to action, our free shipping offer, our testimonials, when we're never going to get them to our call to action. They're never going to care about our free shipping and they're never going to read our testimonials because we lose them in the first seven seconds of their encounter with us. Their encounter with us, and I'm speaking as a philosopher now, please forgive me, is a, a matter both of geography and chronology. It's linear. It's taking place in time and the time is closely matched to the geography of the page so that when you're trying to optimize for the highest possible yield, you must not think in terms of the page, but you must think in terms of the thought sequence. And the vertical move down the page is closely related to the vertical or linear progression of time in their mind. Now, if that sounds abstract, just bear in mind that that kind of thinking just got 189% lift for someone. It translates into more leads. This isn't just uh, science or physics or, or philosophy. This is a foundational way to understand the cognitive psychology. We're worried too much about what's happening on our page instead of what's happening between the ears of the people we interact with. Now, when they come to your page, you have seven seconds. That's time. That's chronology. You also have four inches. That's geography. Those four inches and those seven seconds are essentially identical in that they both represent your opportunity to communicate a message. Where am I and what can I do here? There's something about human nature that whenever you move from one place to the next, there's a need for orientation. And it's shocking how many times we come out of a search engine or click on a paid search ad or click on a link in a banner ad or click on our own website on somebody's navigation and land somewhere and find ourselves confused. We're wondering, am I in the right place? Please listen. <laughs> the way people achieve clarity in that situation is not the way we want them to. Unless they're highly motivated, they will not wade through your page and try to figure out amidst your flashing banners, big presentations, square boxes, buttons, and fences to understand where they're at. They will use a little green arrow at the top of their browser called the back button. The easiest way to get clarity is to go backwards. And if they're going backwards, we're in trouble. So, you've got to answer that, where am I and what can I do here? And you've got to answer it immediately in those first four inches, in those first seven seconds. Once you have got that clear, you can deal with the value part of the equation and that's what everything else on the page should be doing. Which brings me to the final point before we start live optimization. Not only do you need to reduce the perceived cost, but you have to increase the perceived value. Now, I cannot say that again without emphasizing the modifier in the sentence. The modifier is the word perceived. Perceived cost and perceived value are completely different than actuality at times. You may have the most remarkable value on the net being offered, but if I don't perceive it, it matters not. So, what you must do is weight this side. So, if you can think about it, really, looking at the diagram that's on front of you, in a sense, all that we ever do in optimization is tip the fulcrum back in this direction from the other. When Adam Lapp or Nathan looks at the pages you submit, they're constantly looking for ways to tip the fulcrum. That's the bottom line. If they can tip the fulcrum in the proper direction, conversion goes up. It's fairly probable. 
So how then can you increase value? Well, yet again, we, we have certification courses in this. We have research partnerships. There's, there's, there's an eight-hour program there where we teach you all of uh, landing page optimization. Uh, I don't have an offer for it. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm trying to convince and give you the most value on this call I can possibly give you. And so I'm going to teach one piece of it in the last few moments, and then we're going to demonstrate the principles in action for the rest of the call. Two steps. The first is to identify and communicate the key factor that differentiates you from your competitors. So here's what happened. This is what contributed in a significant way to the 189% lift. This series of bullet points that are highlighted on the page has been designed, and by the way, they're clickable, and when you click them, they drop down with more content emphasizing the unique value. Now, unique is the operative word here. Because if you have had uh, just one sentence that you could communicate to a customer or a prospect who you're trying to convert to a customer, it needs to answer a single question. And that is, if I am the ideal customer, why should I purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? Until you can answer that question, you're simply surviving on pockets of ignorance. The goal here is not to survive, it's to thrive, and that will not happen until you learn to answer that question in a single sentence with an honest, credible answer. What we've tried to do here is help the prospect understand why this particular offer is better than the others. So, stop for just a moment. We're, we're, we're rushing forward. The live optimization is almost here. I know many of you are, are waiting and excited to see the pages uh, evaluated. But just stop for a moment and grapple with that question. Think about your product offer. Put yourself right now in front of a tribunal of customers and let them ask you a single question. If we are ideal, why should we purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? If they cannot answer that question... If you cannot answer that question for them, you've got a problem with how you communicate your value. So that leads me to the second critical piece of advice. When you try to communicate this, you have to do it with an authentic voice. And that will not happen unless you use quantitative, instantly credible language. If the Internet and advertising in general, was populated with companies who were humble, making careful, substantiated claims, people might believe you when you tell us you're the largest. However, the Internet is not populated with such. Everybody seems to say they're number one, they're the leading, they're the best, they're the fastest, they have the most. And the consumer doesn't believe any of that anymore. It's all superlatives. And it leaves us uh, very skeptical. Unless you feel sorry for uh, <laughs> yourself as a marketer, bear in mind that's what you and I grapple against every time we interact on the net trying to find and buy something. We don't trust. The postmodern consumer is jaded. You have to talk to them in a new way. And uh, by the way, this isn't on the slides, but if you go to the Marketing Experiments website, I've written a piece called Transparent Marketing. You'll just have to do a search for it and it'll pop up and you can read that. It's an article I wrote many years ago, but it's 
it's gone viral and it will help understand with exact examples how to communicate in this way. But let's quickly move forward. So here's an original example of language that should be improved. It says, fully managed, dedicated services by hosting experts, backed by proven accreditations. Now, let me just forget what comes next. Don't read ahead and just think about that. Fully managed. Fully, okay, I've got an adverb in front of managed, dedicated services. That tells me what you do, and if I want mine totally managed, that's useful. By hosting experts. When, the minute you call yourself a hosting expert, I'm thinking, what's, everybody in the hosting business is a hosting expert, or is supposed to be. It means nothing. It's wasted words. Backed by proven accreditations. First of all, proven. If it's proven, then why aren't you proving it? And what proven accreditations? You need to read your own language with cynicism because they're reading it that way. Instead, you need to go back and look at this optimized example. The highest level of global accreditation. We're the only data center to hold and then it describes it very, very specifically the certifications. And it uses one of the most important words and it ought to be honest when you use it. It uses the word only. If you really are the only in something, you start to have a reason to exist in the marketplace. Look at the next example. We provide reliable services. Oh my goodness. It's hard to beat that for pure uh, trash. It's a terrible set of words that means nothing. It, it, how do I know you provide reliable services? I mean, if you were meeting somebody in a bar trying to get a date, you could hardly find a worse pickup line. No one trusts you in that setting, and no one trusts you in this one either. So, what we've done in the example is it says, all our solutions are backed by stringent service level guarantees with cash rebates for underperformance, and then it spells it out. 99.9% uptime, guaranteed response time, guaranteed time to repair. All of those are good. By the way, that sentence can be improved yet again, dramatically. But it's a lot better than the original. So, the goal here then, as I'm moving and shifting in just a moment to live optimization, I'd like to summarize exactly what we're teaching, and then I'd like to set that up as a filter for how we look at the page that comes next. We're going to be weighing perceived value against perceived cost. In our mind is a fulcrum. We are going to try to tip the fulcrum in favor of perceived value. We're going to look at the page with that same cynicism that a customer does, and we're going to try to help you increase the perceived value. Now, while we're doing that, it may be that your page is one of the pages we optimize. We've got one ready that we're going to work on, and after that, it's just the ones that you're tweeting to us. I've never seen them. No one else here has seen them either. By the way, many of you will go back and take these suggestions and incorporate them into your page and measure that. We have had so many of uh, examples of you sending us your pages, showing us how you got a significant lift. Send them to us. We'll, we'll either not tell anyone if you don't want us to, or we'll brag about you. But either way, it's encouraging for us to see when you go back and you get a lift based on the things that you're learning here. That's what motivates this group. The mission here is to discover what really works. And we try to communicate that in all the things that we do. So let's look at the first example. And uh, before we get any commentary from our own team, I want you to look at it. It's an e-commerce example. And I want you to apply what you've learned. And I want to start seeing your feedback. So use the Q&A function and tell us how you'd make this better. All right, so I'm watching for your comments. 
Someone says, too noisy. Enter to win is the first thing I saw, which I assume is a mistake. Needs a better headline. Reduce it to one step. Again, a clear headline. Too many words. Looks scammy, someone says. Reduce the choices. Button's too small. Uh, Omar says, uh, unclear pricing. Corey says, are those uh, ads between the two purple lines? Uh, uh, someone says, the, the color blends in poorly. Someone says, it's cluttered. All right, now, as you look at those pages, let's think about what you've said. We will, we will track and read everyone's comment. It's how we perform a study internally here. But I'm going to turn the uh, microphone over to Adam Lapp. And Adam, tell us some of the things you see that are weaknesses on this page. Sure. So the first thing is we have an intelligent audience here because they picked up most of the flaws on this page. But uh, you know, one of the first things you'll see when you, you look at this page is that sort of crowded advertising banner. You know, I, I don't know what the contest is. I don't know what the custom pearls are. Um, you know, first, the contest is going to take you off of the page. And you have somebody on your product page. This is your primary selling point. If they've reached this page, they know what product they want, they're, they're one step away from purchasing. Why enter them into a contest? Uh, second, you know, you have an advertisement for custom pearls. Well, I'm on a pearl page about to buy pearls. I don't think you need to take me to a different page with other custom pearls. Uh, and then thirdly, the, th the, the element in the middle of that banner is uh, a highly valuable element. It's, it's uh, the option to speak to a, an expert, a pearl expert. Um, so... Uh, that may get lost between the two type of advertising banners. And so you may want to take that expertise section, um, bring that out a little bit more. You know, put that, you know, as one of your primary selling points. Put it, you know, as one of your options. Put it, you know, closer to the button. You know, put that somewhere where people are going to see it instead of skipping over it. Uh, they may just think it's, it's a, another advertisement. Um, uh, I know somebody hit on the prices. The, the prices are... They're very close together. Um, they're very difficult to understand what my actual cost is. You know, I'd recommend you know aligning them more vertically uh, so they're easy to digest. And again, um, you know, emphasize that savings. You see that the original cost is in the thousands. Your cost is you know 200. Tell me that I'm saving you know a thousand dollars. You know, emphasize that. Um, you'll see there's some check marks and and proof selling points below the image. You know, those are things that are going to build your, your credibility and your appeal to, you know, the company's value proposition in addition to the, the product's value proposition. You know, those are things that you may want to, to place, uh, you know, closer to the natural eye path where most people are going to be able to see those and recognize them instantly. Um, and then a final few other points are, uh, you know, this is a, an expensive product for an online purchase. Um, I don't think you're going to sell... Uh, an expensive product in the thousands or two hundreds uh, price range with, you know, three short, you know, lines of copy. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a more in-depth, uh, you know, sales pitch about this. You know, you know, you know. I know there's a read more, but you know, you need to look at your metrics. And my guess is most people are going to click on the read more. So if you have a lot of people clicking on that read more, anyways, just give them what they want without, you know, having that undue intensity to complete. Um, yeah, I see there's some tabs at the bottom of the page. Uh, you know, those, you know, there's a lot of white space between there. They're not easily visible. Uh, and so you have a lot of your, your selling copy, you know, below the call to action. So you're asking me to make a, a big decision, you know, before you really, you know, give me the information I need. So it's, it's kind of like putting the, the cart before the horse, so to speak. Um, 
And in addition to that, I see there's some expandable sections here. Uh, you may remember from one of our examples uh, uh, in the case study that we had expandable sections as well. Uh, the difference here is that uh, there's no inherent indication that these are expandable. You're, you're asking your visitor to guess. Uh, so you know, add a little plus icon, you know, something, something else. And if there's simple information, you know, within those expandable sections, I'd recommend just you know placing that on the page itself. Excellent. Now we're going to move on in just a moment because we've had many submissions to Twitter, and your pages are coming. And I'm going to try to constantly be balancing between saying enough that everyone's being helped and everyone's learning and moving on, so we can see other examples. And uh, we're trying to get the pacing just right. But I want to just use, I'm going to spend a little longer on this one, and I'll tell you why, because I want to set up for you the way to see the rest of the pages. So I'm going to look at perceived cost, and then I'm going to look at perceived value. Uh, some of those things will incorporate what Adam has already said. He's given us excellent commentary. But let's just start listing problems with perceived cost. Our core issue here is not a length issue, it's a difficulty issue. It's related to confusion. Even the question of where am I at is just a little bit confusing, because the core message of your location, Pure Pearls, is up above what looks like a series of banner ads. I suspect that's not banner ads in here for another website. But when you see Women's World, and then you see another image of a smiling face, and you see a save 80%, this looks like it might be somebody's banner ads from some other company, and it's interfering with your messaging. It's in the wrong location, and, uh, and it actually takes the eyes to the images and they skip what's going on at the top of the page. It even takes them off the navigation at the top of the page. And so you've got immediate confusion taking place there. Now, along with immediate confusion, you have too much information packed densely together. But you have a long blue line full of uh, white on blue offering some kinds of links to other things, which frankly probably take me off the page and into places I don't want to go when I get to the cart. You don't want to give me lots of hooks and ways to leave the page. You want to keep me here until I make the purchase. It also is confusing with the navigation at the top. If this is popular searches, why does popular searches look like your navigation? You're now confusing your navigation with your popular searches. Drop down a quarter of an inch and you see a gray on white, which is a terrible color, hard to see, hard to read, and is not clear. If this is your, if this is your uh, breadcrumb, it will not be seen by anyone because it's completely overpowered with the information above it. Move to the right and you call it the White Elite Collection Freshwater Pearl Necklace. It's in all caps. All the testing that we've done in the past indicates that this hurts. Uh, your conversion rate, it's difficult to read. It is at least serifed, which sometimes makes it easier to read, but it is in all caps, which is a mistake. Keep going because as you drop down here, we have the ship in one to three days, in stock, needed sooner call, critical piece of information, hard to see, another 800 number, which is identical to the 800 number above there, which is also reflected in a second place on top of the page, and then the most vital information on the page is lost amidst this. If the average appraisal value is $13.15, if this is $234 as it is, I have several problems. The first is I can't see it. The second is I don't believe it. I actually think that I'm on the Internet, if it's worth $1,315, why are you selling it to me for 234 Nothing has been done in this section to emphasize this value and to help me understand why you could possibly offer it to me at such a reduced cost. So what do I think? I'm a jaded consumer. I think that like lots of jewelry, you inflate the price so you can sell it to me for less and motivate me to buy by claiming there's a big difference between what it's worth and what I pay. 
I think that you tell me it's worth $1,315, but nobody in the world would buy it from me after that if I bought it for 234 If you're going to tell me the difference is that big, I need a credible reason to believe why I'm getting it at that price. Now, I haven't even got to the second half of the page because it gets worse as we go down. I'm going to stop right there and move to somebody else's page. But I want you to look with that kind of ferocity at the pages coming up next. Let's go to a new one. This is an above-average page. This came on Twitter. And I've got both Nathan and Adam looking at it. If you're in the audience, I want you to look at it. I don't want you to talk about anything right now except... And go ahead, scroll it like you're doing. That's good, Austin. Except issues with perceived cost. Let's not talk about how to make the value better. Please use your Q&A feature and chat with me right now and tell me how to reduce the perceived cost. So I'm watching uh, your comments as they come in. You're thinking. I generally get a few thousands, and now they're starting to come in. Innovative leadership, blah, says Steve. Well said. Uh, uh, try to limit the scroll. Dueling buttons don't hit one call to action. Lame benefits, says someone. Reduce the number of pictures, says another one. I didn't even know what the product is. Two buttons should be one call to action. Weak headline. Equally weighted options. All right? These are actual issues you're touching on in critical pieces. We're going to talk about ways to punch up the value in just a moment. But in a very fast pace between Adam and Nathan, tell me some perceived cost problems with a page, guys. Sure. Well, some have already been mentioned, you know, the, the multiple calls to action. You know, why on earth would I, uh, you know, contact you, you know, without getting a quote first? I have no idea how much, how much the product costs. So uh, I'm obviously going to want to get a quote. So funnel everybody to, to uh, the option that makes the most sense. Um, also, you know, I, I've written a blog post recently about the, uh, the value that you can communicate with your buttons. So what value, not only the value of the product do you give me, but what value do you give me with uh, contacting you? You know, is it speaking to somebody in person? Is it, a, you know, a callback within 24 hours? What is it? Um, another you. point of friction is, uh, are those images? Uh, not only are, do I have to, uh, you know, you know, look at them, but I have to understand them. I mean, what exactly is going on here? So it's it's uh, unnecessary effort to interpret what you're trying to tell me within these images. You know, from all of our testing, we found that you know your images need to stand alone. There needs to be an inherent message, an inherent value within your images that you don't need copy, you don't need interpretation, um, and you know they really sell the product for you. All right, so now I'm going to do this rapid pace. If this is helpful for you, the way we're approaching this right now, uh, use the Q&A feature and give us feedback. I'm going to go fast. All I'm going to do is, is do what we did on the last one. I want to point out what Adam has just said. Scroll to the top, Austin, and let's, let's talk about things that are impacting perceived cost. First of all, you're not communicating with me when I get to the page. You're talking to me in bullets. You don't talk to real people in bullets. You haven't met me. You haven't told me where I'm at. I need a paragraph of text that brings clarity and explains to me what I can do here and why I should do it. The number one problem with this page is it doesn't have that paragraph. And it has uh, above that a weak headline. And then it lists benefits. And when you do that, that looks like, okay, this is the main thing. Here's what I need to know if I'm interested in. But what does innovation leadership mean? I have no idea what it means. And I see a little pop-up that says more things that mean nothing to me. That is not a benefit. I need something way more tangible, way more powerful. And I mean this kindly because I appreciate the person that submitted the page I don't want to make you mad at me it's, but it's awful the, 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 that true redundancy what, what do you mean true redundancy tell me do you, is it for, you know, do you have triple explain what the redundancy is high energy efficient low environmental impact you're just 
making descriptive claims without any data set underneath it that gives me an, something I can trust. Flexible and optimized investment. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, three payment plans. Is it 12 months, 24 months? Tell me something I understand. High power density for floor space savings. I have to think about that phrase for a while to figure out what you mean. It has to be instantly uh, credible and instantly understandable. That's a negative. Another negative is keep your business 100% up and running with UPS from New Wave. Everybody says that. I need something stronger than that. It says get a quote. What I hear is get a salesman to call me. That's the wrong message for this. I don't even know what I'm getting a quote for right now. There's not enough information being given before I'm interested in giving a quote. You're asking me to kiss this girl before I've ever been on a date with her. Uh, I'm not ready to get a quote. I'm, I'm still trying to make sense of who you are and what this is about. And the same thing comes over here with contact. Why would I contact you except to have you tell me what you should have told me when I got to the page? Scroll down. If I survive all this, you build a great big fence I have to climb over. See the bar all the way across the page? Don't put a big solid bar across the page and make me climb over it to get to the rest of the information. Its location is a negative. Its, its iPath weight is a negative. And worse, its offer is a negative. I enter a contest to win myself a trendy iPad. What does that have to do with the offer? And why are you giving it to me now when I haven't even figured out yet who you are or what you do or why I should do it? Sorry to be this blunt. I may be being too direct. And you, you can text me back and tell me if I am and even insult me and I'll, 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 be, I'll be nicer to, to the next person. But look, here's three evenly weighted boxes for me to sort through now. Never, never break your, your, your message into three. That's three people talking to me at the same time. I can't figure out which one to pay attention to. And when that happens, it mitigates conversion. We have said the negatives. I'm going to simply talk about how this page might look if it were better, and we're going to go to the next page. Give me one minute to describe what it might look like if it was better. So scroll up to the top. What we need up here is to get the image of the girl off the page sitting on top of the hosting server. Number one, I don't know if that particular girl or that particular image increases conversion or hurts conversion, but what I do know it does is drives my eyes up to the wrong part of the page. I started there. You don't need my eyes there. You need my eyes down into the text. You need images that draw me into the text, not competing for my attention. Secondly, you need not two headlines stacked on top of each other, but one clean headline, paragraph of text that explains where you're at, crystal clear benefits, less of the images, an understanding of what this will do for you, and you get me enough information that I can decide that I want to get more and use that to get me to request information or fill out a lead form. More importantly, then somewhere down there, offer me a special incentive. Maybe your iPad will work down there once I get to that point to give you that information today. It should be sequential. It should be flowing. It should be single column. And the form that I need to fill out should be on the same page so that you don't lose me as I click through to the next. That's all I'm going to say about that page. Tweet us or, or, or Q&A and tell us if that was helpful, and let's go to another page. Okay? All right. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when I was looking at the page we just saw. Where am I? What is happening to me? All right, and, and uh, this is one. Of course, we haven't seen this before either. Uh, audience, help me. Take a look at the page. We're going to do this in opposite. Don't tell me the negatives. Tell me the value. You've got 20 seconds. I'm putting you on the clock. Someone here with a timer. I'm watching the audience. 20 seconds. What is the value I get on this page? I dare you to figure out even what, what we're supposed to do here and what I get for it. Okay, you've got five seconds. You've got 10 seconds left. Uh, online parenting course is not a value. 
hug from a child. Now, there's a thought. <laughs> Someone says, uh, a hug a child, a service. There are lots of question marks. If you submitted the page, this is all good news. This means there's lots of money leaking, and that means there's lots of money you can make by fixing the problem. Uh, what, it is, what we do is buried on the right-hand side. Okay, I probably have 50, 60, 70. There. We had over almost 2,000 people registered for this conference, and the, 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 the comments are coming in so fast, I can't even read them. But they all, but they all are lost when they first see your page. Now remember, you have seven seconds. The first two questions, where am I at? What can I do here? The third question, why should I do it? The first two questions are not being answered. I'm, as, I'm at Positive Parenting Solutions. If I know what that means, I guess that's okay. But now, uh, and you've got a headline. Um, but the headline, I'm not certain, does me any good yet because I don't know what I can get. You say, well, there's online education and problem solving for parents of toddlers and teens. Nobody reads that. It's overpowered by the image and there's a headline below it. They will see the void. They will see the headline beneath it. They will skip this. If I put it on a heat map, that's what you'll see. So then I'm still here left trying to make sense of what it is you're offering and what it is you're fixing with your offer in my life. And I'm not clear yet. So the biggest problem we have right now is there is no communication of value in the integral, critical, initial phase of the conversation. Now you are doing some things right. It's single column. You've got, uh, you've, you've got uh, some text. You're ready to enter into a conversation. You've even got some bold font in your text, which is good. But after that, it gets really bad. And I'm going to help our, I'm going to let our team identify the negatives. Okay? So, um, let me hear from, let me hear from, okay, Adam, real quick, but I was going to, I was going to give it to Nathan, all right? Yeah, I just, they're have, fighting over here. It's, I, it's like American Idol. And, I just uh, have one comment. I just think, uh, <laughs> at the bright, looking at the bright side, um, you know, I think this, this child has a promising career. Uh, when he's older, um, on debt relief website. So, uh, <laughs> on that note, I'll All right. <laughs> I don't know how I follow up with that. Um, you'll notice we have the what we do on the right-hand side there. That's great content. Uh, that should probably be the primary focus of this page. Absolutely right. Um, moving that over to the primary uh, column there. And then, as Flint mentioned, increasing the size of that headline right there is really going to tell a user what they can do on this page. Uh, we've kind of gone over this before, but when you get down further, you'll see we have 14-day free trial, course info and pricing, and free webinar. Uh, when you come to this page, other than the, the child at the top of the page, those are the, the first things you see are the call to action. So suddenly, you're already put in a defensive mode. Uh, you're, you're seeing 14-day free trial, course info and pricing, and you still don't even know what you're supposed to do on this page. Uh, the second thing I'll point out is there's a lot of content on this page. Uh, it almost appears like a news story uh, rather than uh, a, a product page. Um, you want to make sure it's clear to users. Otherwise, somebody who, who came in on this page looking for a product is immediately going to be turned off by the page. Um, very good. I, I want to go to another page, but I will tell you this. Uh, uh, you know, If you get a mock-up of this page and you'd like some help looking at it, before you go live with it, we'll have somebody here take a quick look just as a courtesy to you because we want you to be successful and we want you to be able to get these changes on your page. I think it's been said before, but just in case it's not clear, we have the classic case of difficulty friction right here at the bottom. Three evenly weighted options. 
All right, so uh, I'm going to move to a new page. Let's go. Keep going. You're sending lots of pages through Twitter, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, if you've listened to me this long, you might need to break open one of these bottles of wine or whiskey or scotch, probably something strong. I'm getting bored here in my self-talk. Uh, but here we have the perfect page for this point in the, in the clinic. By the way, I'm going to take every moment right up until our stop time, every single moment to five. I have nothing to sell you at the end of this. We're just going to help you with your pages all the way through. So let's go quickly to, uh, to this page. And I, as an audience, I'd like you to give me one comment. Discover an easy way to enjoy better wines. Um, tell me what you think about the headline and the first paragraph of text. I'm going to read it to you. How would you like a regular supply of wines you can trust? Quality and value guaranteed. A new thing to try and enough information to help you pick the right bottle every time. The Discovery Club from WSJ Wine offers you exactly that, starting with this introductory case of 12 expertly selected wines. Yours today for just $11.67 a bottle of $50 savings. Give me your comments, guys. Give me your comments. Uh, Austin, show us the whole page, too. I'm watching as they start to come in. Oh, you were doing so good at the top. What happened to the bottom? All right. All right, scroll back up. Scroll back up. All right. I, 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 I almost feel like because of the limited amount of time, I should just, just go. Anything you want to say instantly about this? Sure. So one of the first things I see is, a, is an iPad problem. Um, you know, there's you know five key elements that control iPath, and that's size, shape, color, location, and motion. Um, on the right side of the column, you have you know at least two or three of those controlling, uh, two or three of those elements controlling the iPath. So the first thing I see is that right column, um, but that's, that is actually a good thing. I think that right column is going to sell this wine more than your left column. So what I would recommend is just you know, taking that information, making that your primary offer, uh, and utilizing, you know, those, those key benefits, those key bullet points, those key savings, how the club works, utilizing that in more in your, in your primary column instead of using it as a supporting element. Uh, that's an important piece. You have essentially uh, two voices on the page. The, the big guy in the middle is doing the main conversation, and somebody on the right is yelling at the same time. That is the problem with uh, much of the top level of the design. I would take the best elements from both of these and create a central message on the left side. Use the right side only to support the core messaging. Use the right side only to support the core messaging. And then as you flow down and bring them towards a call to action, you've requested too much information on the first pass. First of all, your form fields are so far apart, it makes the form the perceived length is, long, is, is higher than it really is. They're placed poorly on the page with way too much spacing between them. Secondly, you don't need to collect all of that in the first information. And I would collect name and email address before I took them to the next page so that if they didn't complete the order process, I could follow up with emails driving them back into the order process. Thirdly, um, even if you do collect that information, believe it or not, uh, much of that can be caught in that second step because they're going to need to provide information to get their wine sent to them. So you're guaranteed to get it. But first get the most important information. Yes, Adam. One very, very easy thing that you can do is uh, reverse that checkbox that you have, the same as billing. 
Uh, instead, make that, uh, you know, if billing is different, click here. So that, that would allow you to hide an entire column of those fields. A very important piece of information. And by the way, you don't need to help the poor, troubled credit card companies with their logos on the bottom of the page. We all know that everybody accepts those cards now. There may be a point for that, but what we're doing mainly is building their brands. And candidly, I don't want to give them a lot of help. Um, so, with that in mind, there's more we could say. This page has a lot of potential. You could get a, it, it's got a strong offer. You just need to restate it and you need to realign it and you could see a major lift in conversion on this page. I'm going to continue to one last page before we close. All right, so we have a final page coming up. Let's see who this is and let's see if we can help them. While we're waiting for this page to load, go ahead and use the Q&A feature and tell us if today's been helpful. I know there'll be some survey at some point, but I'd love to get your comments that I can read right when we're done and get your feedback and understand the best possible way to help you in the next clinic. So I have uh, the Windows Azure platform in front of me. It says just right in size, speed, and price. Audience, take a quick look at that. Scroll all the way down and let's see the bottom. Keep going. <laughs> three. How many of you see the buttons again? Boy, we love those three evenly weighted options. All right, sc scroll back up. It's got solid text, um, but there are issues. We don't have enough time for me to do anything more than to comment rapidly. Uh, first of all, if the just right in size, speed, and price is your headline, then it looks like a banner ad. People will skip it, go down to the text to try to get meaning, and they can't see the meaning because there's no headline there. Instead, they're met with an entire paragraph of text with no iPath in it. You should have bold font in that text. Secondly, you have one, two, three paragraphs before you get to your bullet points. Limit that to, a, to two shorter paragraphs. Give me a strong headline with a strong subheader and then make certain that the sentence you give me is front-loaded so that by the time I enter the first sentence of the first paragraph, I'm committed to reading the rest of the two paragraphs. You're going to get me, as my father would say, by the inch of the cinch, by the yard it's too hard. The goal of a headline is simply to get me into the first paragraph or to read the subheader. That's it. And a headline-subheader combination, I'm trying to stop you with a headline, get you to read the subheadline, which will drive you into the first paragraph. If I've done that properly, by the time you finish reading the first paragraph, you have the answer to three questions. Where am I at? What can I do here? And you're starting to understand why I should do it. So the design of the page is not bad. Now, there's not a lot of clutter, not too many images, but we have three calls to action on the right that are confusing because there's calls to actions on the bottom. So we have an iPath issue. Most importantly, we need to get the messaging right in the middle, drive them down towards a single call to action, and emphasize it over the rest. Yes, Adam. And I think, I think this uh, particular page, as opposed to some of the others, could really benefit from images. I mean, you're talking about a cloud computing, com computing platform. This is something that people want to see. What does it look like? It's something that you know, has a tangible benefit on the other side of that button. Uh, so it could really benefit from you know, a pop-up window or a scrollable set of images that you can really you know, sink your teeth into and know what you're Excellent. getting before you sign up. All right, well, um, we're, we are out of time. This is a summary of critical information that we talked about. Some of you are uh, uh, writing and asking questions about getting help with your pages. We do research partnerships sometimes where we will connect with a company and, and do research with them and learn and then use those learnings to advance our knowledge. We still protect your privacy, but if you're interested in that, then uh, go to the website and, and someone will help you. There are links to that critical information. 
you can click on that top uh, link or the, for training or the bottom link to learn how to get research done with you and on your website. I am grateful for our growing community of marketers who are excited about testing. We're going to be back shortly with new findings. I was reading our history, not uh, well, just earlier because we were preparing some work for a book that we're writing, and I realized how long ago it was when we first started the laboratory. So much has happened, and uh, so many experiments, uh, so many new findings, so many new discoveries. I'm grateful for the community that's building. Thank you, and we'll be back again in a short order. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.